The truth about Andrew Tate's appeal now being denied, Livy Dunn fans have become a creepy security threat. We're seeing travel nightmares from Amtrak to air travel. What the hell is happening in the house? We've got all that and more to talk about on today's Philip DeFranco show, so buckle up, hit that like button, let's just jump into it. Andrew Tate belongs in jail. That, according to a Romanian court that denied his appeal yesterday and upholding his 30-day arrest. Right, a little less than two weeks ago, Tate, his brother, and two Romanian women were arrested in a sex trafficking investigation, initially being held for 24 hours, and then that being extended to 30 days. And now, their appeal has been rejected, and as for why, the Associated Press reported that the judge said, quote, the possibility of them evading investigations cannot be ignored, and that they could leave Romania and settle in countries that do not allow extradition. So now, Tate and his alleged crime crew have to remain in custody while officials investigate, but very big thing here. This whole situation might not be done after 30 days. Prosecutors can actually request that their detention be further extended to 180 days. Also, as far as some of the specifics with the appeal, reportedly one of the reasons Andrew Tate and his brother tried to use, right, to appeal their 30-day detention was saying that they apparently have small children in Romania, right? Andrew has notably claimed in the past that he has 10 kids with different women. And so in response to the court's decision, the Tate brothers' lawyer said he was disappointed and that it felt excessive to keep the two locked up. This also after previously saying that the prosecutors had no evidence in their case against the Tates. And further, arguing that Andrew's social media posts cannot be used as evidence because he is portraying a character online. Essentially arguing that his top G persona online is so ridiculous, it's obviously a character. He doesn't believe any of it. But also that argument is to be expected since a lot of the video online appears to just be Andrew Tate snitching on himself. But ultimately, we're gonna have to see where that argument lands and also just what happens from here. Because as things stand now, it appears that the act has not been dropped, right? There are still cryptic posts coming from Tate's Twitter account. Also following the judge's decision to reject the appeal, we saw tweets like, when Allah said, I test only those I love, I took the pain like it was an honor. Which of course we saw some people supporting, others saying this is yet another example of Andrew Tate trying to have some faith washing. This is because he recently adopted the faith and people have accused him of trying to use that religion as a shield. His account also tweeting, my whole life everyone called me paranoid. They say I worked too hard. They said it was impossible. They said I was worried about nothing. They said I was at war with an enemy that didn't exist. They said I was rushing for no reason. Today, they just say I was right. But then, this morning, shifting gears and joining the rest of the internet and mocking Logan Paul, writing, LOL, even in Romanian prison, they talk about Logan Paul being a scammer. Though, notably there, and it's easy to get confused because Logan Paul has had just so many controversies in just a short time period. Most of the internet over the last 24 hours have been talking about Logan Paul and his former pig, Pearl. That whole situation we talked about yesterday, as well as Logan later in the day tweeting, The Matrix is real. Pray you never become its target. Which honestly, I have to say, I hope is him trying to like joke or troll during this situation because it is genuinely comical the number of people who like are saying like the Matrix is is it's it's attacking when often what we're just seeing are people having criticisms of actions and people being held accountable. Just like it appears we may be seeing with Andrew Tate. But for now, we let the investigation continue. And in the meantime, I'd love to know your thoughts on these stories. And then, have y'all heard about Livy Dunn? <laughs> that group of part of the future of America, we're screaming for Olivia Dunn, a gymnast at Louisiana State University. She's a college athlete, specifically an LSU gymnast. She is super famous, over 6 million on TikTok, 2.8 million on Instagram. And her rise has helped create this massive frenzy, not only for her, but her team, and even just other parts of college gymnastics. Right, for example, the LSU gymnastics team had a meet in Utah on Friday, one that Livy didn't even compete in. And you had a Utah sports reporter tweeting that outside of the venue, there was a massive line of, quote, teenage boys that are asking if Livy is coming out, saying, I've never seen 
anything like this. And later adding, LSU had to move its team bus so they didn't have to run into the group of boys. And saying there were cops stationed in front to avoid them getting in. And the mother of one of the gymnasts on the opposing team even claiming that the crowd of fans harassed her daughter saying things like, you're not Livy, but you'll do? Can we get a picture? And adding that they were rude and disrespectful. Also, Kathy Johnson-Clark, a sports commentator and former gymnast, also saying she encountered the same group of boys from the video we played earlier. And writing, they were screaming to me, are you Livy's mom? Are you Livy's mom? Very disturbing. Creepy, actually. And saying, to be clear, these are teenage boys and this should be a teachable moment. They were excited to see in person someone they follow on social media, along with 4 million plus other obsessed fans, but they have no idea how to comport themselves during the competition or after. And all this even leading to Livy tweeting, I will always appreciate and love the support from you guys, but if you come to a meet, I want to ask you to please be respectful of the other gymnasts in the gymnastics community as we are just doing our job. And regarding some of those other gymnasts, some on the Utah team spoke to the media, the one telling Fox 13 in Salt Lake City that she can tell that all this screaming upsets Livy, that she's just trying to keep her head down with another adding, she's just like us. She's another gymnast, another teammate. She's doing exactly the same thing. But when there's disrespectful comments, it's kind of a shame, especially when you're working hard to perform for those fans. And the thing is, I think we're just going to see more of this because with how accessible social media is at a very young age, and even now, how easy it is to create content at such a young age and people that are blowing up are at such a young age. More and more are still going to be in high school and college, especially when it comes to those in sports. They have events that you know that they're going to, so people are going to show up, especially with, as of late, more college athletes being so active on social media because they can now take advantage of their name, image, likeness, which is also why you have an increasing number of people saying that LSU Gymnastics and Libby Dunn need more security. But for now, that's where we are, and I'll pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts based off of what we're seeing in this situation? And then, I promise we are not holding you hostage. A concerning sentence to hear that would make you think, wait, am I being held hostage? But something an Amtrak conductor actually had to say to passengers when their train stalled in the middle of nowhere, resulting in a 20-hour delay. Right, so this Amtrak train on its way from Virginia to Florida, supposed to be an easy, uneventful trip. Leave Lorton, Virginia at 5.30 Monday night, reach Sanford, Florida, 10 a.m. on Tuesday. But then, things go a little off the rails. <laughs> myself. But that's because the train had to be rerouted after a freight train of 25 cars and two locomotives was derailed in South Carolina. Now, luckily, that derailed train, it didn't contain any hazardous materials. No one was hurt. But the passenger train had to take a detour, still heading south until they had to stop in a wooded area in South Carolina where they were stalled for hours because the crew of the train reportedly timed out, meaning that they could no longer legally operate the train. So the passengers ended up just having to wait for a new crew to arrive there in the woods before they could get moving again. With some of the passengers so freaked out, they reportedly called the police because they thought they were being held hostage. That is, before the conductor and definitely not a terrorist who took over the train in pursuit of secret gold in one of the cars, assured them that they were fine. So once again, for those of you that are calling the police, we are not holding you hostage. We are giving you all the information in which we have. We are sorry about the inconvenience. As soon as more information is available, we will let you know shortly. Thank you. An Amtrak representative also saying the passengers were being provided with plenty of food and regular updates. But still, you had people saying it felt like we were, with one passenger telling NBC News that passengers were told they could not leave the train at any point. But the good news is the train did eventually make its way to Sanford after a 20 plus hour delay. And reportedly Amtrak is working with the customers to also give them refunds. And then, if you've been following me for a while now, you know that I've been on my health grind for this past year. Sometimes I have to look back at old videos just to appreciate how far I've come, but working out consistently has been so great for my quality of life. And that's why I'm happy to thank the 
the sponsor of today's video, Copilot. Copilot is a super personalized fitness app that helps you achieve your fitness goals for real. In fact, over 75% of Copilot users are still working out after 100 days. That's nine times more successful than average. So like I did, you get connected with a coach, start off with an onboarding call, going over where you're at with your fitness, what you're looking for, goals, things like that. And then they make customized workouts for you depending on your needs. And having this guiding hand, especially when it comes to working out and all the planning, things like that, like it's so important because I get lost so quick. Or before Copilot, I'm doing some random workout. I'm not actually thinking about what I'm trying to do or accomplish there. I'm not thinking about how it affects my goals in general, what I want to do later that week. And I just knew from my first onboarding call with my coach, Devin, like we got it. Here are my goals. What's the structure that's going to help get me there? Am I thinking too big here, too small here? It was fantastic. So if you want to join me with a fitness journey of your own, just click that link in the description box to get 14 days free with your own expert fitness and health coach. And then the FAA literally had to ground all domestic flights in the United States. But the Federal Aviation Administration explaining in statements that the groundings were due to an overnight outage of the agency's notice to air mission systems or NOTAM, which is an absolutely crucial system that provides real-time safety alerts to pilots about everything from weather conditions to airport construction. And I really don't want to undersell this. This was massive, with one former FAA official telling the Washington Post that this national flight stoppage was the first of its kind since 9-11, and adding this is unheard of, and then the action that the FAA had to take in grounding all the flights makes it even more significant. But key thing here, unlike 9-11, the system failure doesn't appear to be the result of some massive attack of some kind. In fact, the White House explicitly saying that there was no evidence of any sort of cyber attack. President Biden also meeting with Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg with him later telling reporters, they don't know what the cause of it is, they expect in a couple of hours they'll have a good sense of what caused it and will respond at that time. And adding that the White House is directing the department to investigate. Now, the good news is that at 9 a.m. Eastern time, about two hours after the groundings, the FAA announced that it was lifting the ground stop, that all flights would gradually resume. But the bad news is that it still caused massive disruptions. With as of recording this morning, it being reported that more than 7,300 flights within, into, or out of the U.S. were delayed, while over 1,100 had been canceled entirely. And notably, this is all coming as the air industry is still recovering from the disaster that was the holiday travel season. Which, an interesting thing there, obviously that was due to extreme weather conditions. But of course, notably, while most airlines recovered, Southwest infamously continued to struggle, with them canceling around 16,700 flights in a 10-day period. Right, that was about half of all U.S. cancellations during that time. And so now, with the FAA system failure causing even more problems, now there are a lot of people looking at certain airlines, including... Southwest. Because, I mean, already it's being reported this morning that Southwest was responsible for nearly half of all the delays globally, with American Airlines just underneath them accounting for 40%. And while, of course, these delays and cancellations are going to add scrutiny to how airlines are functioning right now, because the failure happened with the FAA system here, the federal government is also facing criticism. This including from key politicians like Ted Cruz, the top Republican on the Senate committee that oversees transportation, who condemned the FAA's, quote, inability to keep an important safety system up and running, and saying it's completely unacceptable in just the latest example of dysfunction within the Department of Transportation. With them adding that this highlights the need for a competent, proven leader with substantive aviation experience leading the FAA. And actually, to his point there, this major failure did take place at a time when the FAA does not currently have a permanent leader, with the last administrator having stepped down back in March. Now that said, President Biden, for his part, has nominated a candidate, but that person didn't get a confirmation hearing in the Senate. And just last week, Biden re-nominated the same guy, but it's unclear if he will be approved because top Republicans have voiced concerns about his experience in aviation in connection to a corruption investigation. So, you know, like most things government, uh, everything is either a clown show or a dumpster fire. And then the thing in your kitchen is killing you. And no, I do not mean the frozen pre-processed hot pocket in your fridge, which is both cold and like lava when you eat it. But rather, I'm talking about your gas stove, which statistically, if you live in the U.S., more than 40% of homes have. And the reason for that are the chemicals involved. Right? When a gas stove is on, you're inhaling methane and other chemicals like nitrogen dioxide, carbon monoxide, and formaldehyde. With studies showing that they jumpstart things like childhood asthma, increase the risk of respiratory problems, and emit planet-warming gases. And it's not just like a teensy little health risk. One study last week estimated 12 
1.7% of childhood asthmas could be attributed to living in a household with a gas stove, with some scientists even comparing it to living with a smoker. And when you consider that 40 million homes across the U.S. cook with gas, that becomes alarming. So then you get the question, well, why do we actually use gas? There are electric stoves, induction stoves. Well, as it turns out, the surprise answer, it's not a surprise, capitalism. Right, that quirky little girl capitalism doing her thing. Right, starting in the 1930s, the natural gas industry blanketed the American public with propaganda from commercials and advertisements to slogans and even 80s rap. Cooking with gas. Cooking with gas. gas. We all cook better when we're cooking with gas. gas. Gas is so hot it's not on when it's off. It's the only way to cook. That's what I was taught. Very dope fresh, am I right? But in recent years, they've refined their effort, doing things like hiring PR firms to oppose local bans on gas appliances. Though that hasn't stopped some cities like New York, Seattle, and Los Angeles from moving to ban them in certain new homes and apartments. Plus, this is a key thing, listen up, the federal government has also taken its own step with last year's Inflation Reduction Act. Because you may not know, that includes cash to help low and moderate income households switch off their gas stoves. Right, a nearly $850 rebate for those that make the switch to electric appliances, plus an additional $500 to help cover the cost of converting. With that, the American Gas Association, who of course only want the best for you and only you, it's not about them, they say this could significantly drive up the overall cost of housing. But there's also happening as a commissioner from the Consumer Product Safety Commission says they're looking into tightening safety standards around gas appliances, which we've seen infuriate both the gas industry and Republicans on Capitol Hill, with Representative Kathy McMorris-Rogers, who chairs the House Committee on Energy and Commerce, questioning the research linking gas stoves to asthma. But hey, in the meantime, if you want to be a little safer, if you go to like Amazon, you can get an electric griddle for $25. You pair that with an air fryer, which you can even get the $40 air fryers on Amazon, and you can make everything. And I'm telling you to do this without providing an Amazon affiliate link, like an idiot. And then, what are Republicans doing with their newfound power in the House of Representatives? Well, yesterday we saw the House GOP voting to approve a resolution that'll create a select subcommittee to investigate what they said is the weaponization of the federal government, which I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say I don't think they're referencing things, how like people that Trump hated, like Comey and McCabe, even though the odds are in the millions, were both selected for severe IRS audits. But that vote passed 221 to 211, entirely along party lines with all Democrats opposing. What they're doing here is actually quite significant for a few reasons. First of all, it marks one of the first moves the Republicans have made to fulfill their promise of using their new power to probe what they claim as an organized effort by the government to silence conservatives. So this is just the beginning. We can expect to see a lot more from them. And second, Democrats have said that this panel represents an unprecedented break in protocol for criminal inquiries and national security concerns. And that's because this subcommittee will be given the power to investigate literally any federal agency that gathers information about Americans, including in cases where there's an ongoing criminal investigation, which totally goes against the DOJ's longstanding rule of not giving out any info regarding any ongoing probes. But beyond that, the panel will also have the power to get access to some of the most sensitive government secrets, like intel about covert actions that are usually only the jurisdiction of congressional intelligence committees. And another reason the formation of this committee is so notable is that it's set to be led by Representative Jim Jordan, a staunch supporter of Donald Trump who was heavily involved in the effort to overturn the 2020 election and even strategize with Trump about how to disrupt the House certification. And although the panel will be under the control of the Judiciary Committee, the eight Republicans and five Democrats who will serve on it do not need to be members of the Judiciary Committee. And so as a result, you have some Democrats raising concerns that this could result in a situation where members of the committee are able to interfere in investigations that literally involve themselves. With reports noting that the resolution appears to allow Jordan to issue subpoenas to the DOJ regarding its investigations into Trump's attempt to overturn the election, his mishandling of classified documents and other politicized matters. With Jordan, for his part, saying he is only interested in protecting the First Amendment and claiming that conservatives are being targeted and asserting, we don't want to go after anyone, we just want it to stop. But you have Democrats arguing this is just a transparent attempt to meddle in ongoing investigations and create further polarization. This including Representative Dan Goldman, who condemned the move, saying, The primary purpose of this special subcommittee is to interfere with the special counsel's ongoing investigation into a conspiracy to overturn the 2020 election. And adding, This is a shocking abuse of power, but it's not just the usual efforts by members on the other side of the aisle to once again do Donald Trump's dirty work. This time, they're trying to protect themselves. With
With that also echoed by Representative Gerald Nadler, the top Democrat on the House Judiciary Committee, with him arguing that the goal of this panel was to, quote, enable the House Republicans to interfere with the free operation of businesses they do not like, to inhibit the fight against domestic terrorism, and to settle political scores on behalf of Donald Trump. And meanwhile, you had Representative Jim McGovern really putting things into perspective and comparing this panel to the infamous House Committee on Un-American Activities, right, which was created during the Red Scare McCarthy era to demonize people suspected of supporting communism. So if history is any indication of the present, this isn't just going to be a clown show. I mean, we could be in for a wild fucking ride. And that's just with this stuff. I'm not even talking about the debt ceiling stuff. While it's not the majority of them, there are enough Republicans with a burn it all down mentality that the U.S. may actually default on debt. Because yeah, there's all this talk from strategists of like, okay, who is the American public going to blame if it actually happens? But Beyond that, fuck the strategy element of it. Like, that's something that could affect millions and millions of lives in a negative way. But hey, that is where we are, and we're gonna have to wait to see how all of this plays out. And then, the stuff that's buried beneath this village is causing a war between police and protesters. Right? A fever pitch was struck today in Lutzerat, a German village that's been abandoned by its residents for more than a year. But for just as long, hundreds of climate protesters have camped out there to block what they see as humanity's collective suicide. Because you see, Germany had planned to phase out coal as early as 2030, a date many believe is not soon enough. But when Russia brought an unjustified war to Ukraine, it cut off natural gas supplies to Europe. So Germany's coal-fired power plants have soared back to life, generating 20% more electricity from coal over the first half of 2022 than in the previous year. And then in walks RWE, an energy company that projected a 5 billion euro profit last year. And in its effort to expand coal production in Western Germany, it just bought the village and got the state's approval to demolish it. That way, the entire community can literally get swallowed up by the nearby coal mine and RWE can make some sweet fat bucks off that sweet, sweet black treasure hidden underneath the village. But none of that's going to happen until the protesters are gone. And to that end, an army of police and riot gear showed up to evict them, which, you know, you think would be simple. You just handcuff them, you pull them out of there, but these protesters are clever. They erected barricades to keep the cops out, created a whole tent city, formed a human chain to stick together, they even strung up ropes connecting tree houses to one another so they can crawl over the heads of the authorities. You can also see them dangling from ropes out of windows and even wire stretched taut between buildings like a circus act. And today we ended up seeing the police moving in to clash with the crowds on the ground without much success, actually. You see them dragging away a couple of men as more watch angrily. As one guy appears to fight back, striking an officer with what looks like a shoe. Others using different tactics like firing off actual pyrotechnics horizontally near the police. But all of that, at least for now, ending in a stalemate with police and protesters continuing to stare each other down as you're watching this. And right now there's an expectation and it's kind of a blind guess if this is going to go on for days or even weeks. Which also appears to be exactly the activist goal. Right? Because interestingly, they're pinning their hopes on a German law that prohibits the felling of trees between February and September. So in theory, if they hold out long enough, they can delay the demolition with one of them explaining. Nobody wants to be out there in the cold right now and defend the forester village. But I think that people have realized that they have to do that in order to secure the future of future generations. But that is where today's show ends. Thank you for being a part of yet another daily dive into the news. If you need more, I got a bonus video here. If you need yesterday's show, catch up here. Or links, of course, in the description. But of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you tomorrow.